Oh, it's good to get out of the house. I know, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you sit inside for so long, and you're at your desk, you're talking into a microphone. It's it's good to get out, out in the outdoor spaces and move around. Mm-hmm. I mean, been stuck inside for a while. It's nice to spend some time together. I figure, you know, while we're actually just here together anyway, I guess we could basically pretty much just do something like upgrade anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you and I go somewhere and we have a chat for an hour and a half. It's always Upgrade. Isn't that really just an episode of Upgrade? (laughs) It always is. It doesn't matter. From Relay FM. Upgrade 312. This is a weekend outdoor edition. Sure. I hope there aren't any breaking news items over the weekend while uh, while we're out here. I know. Could you imagine that? All right. Should we see what's on the radio? We'll get this thing started. Yeah, let's let's uh, we'll get some tunes. Let's get some tunes. conversation that we have seems to start with a snell talk question now anyway so i guess i'll just ask you one i saw a question from peter who wanted to know what your favorite board game was i mean anytime you ask me a question is it a snell talk question Mm. if a jason (laughs) answers the question in the woods um, (laughs) wow um that's a that's a strange way to think of it. I do mm-hmm. have, I guess, a favorite board game. This is a hard question. I, I really like Carcassonne, which isn't quite a board game because it's a it's like a tile laying game, but it's you know you're I basically making a board game, making a board on a tabletop. So you know, uh, a tabletop that. game. That's the better phrase now, mm-hmm. isn't it? Rather than board probably, game, probably tabletop so. game, because it encompasses like, all that stuff. I like, we we have a bunch in rotation um, with my family. Ticket to Ride still pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Love that one where you've got to make like train chains of like railroad routes mm-hmm. across the country. Um, I don't know what else. Uh, we've we've had a lot of good ones over the years, but you know, Carcassonne is the one that I always want to play and that nobody else wants to play with me, and that it probably suggests that it's my favorite. So I'm going to say that one. But there there are there are lots of great board games. We've been playing um, Cryptid a little bit, which is a really really fun game. That's kind of like Mastermind, except okay. way more complicated. It's a deduction game where basically there's a map, and everybody's been given information about uh, a piece of unique information. And if you put the pieces together, uh, you can find out where the cryptid is on the map. There's a there's a hidden monster or animal or something that's in only can only be in one space on the map. And there are different solutions every time. They, they give you a whole like set of these these solutions and so what you have to do is by observing the the answers that all the other players give to your questions you have to start to deduce what they know what the rule is that they know and then if you put the rules together you know where the cryptid is and it's it it takes a little bit to understand how the game works but once it works like it's it works really well because you can you can figure it out and it's one of those games that as you start playing it you're like i don't even know what i'm doing here and then there's a moment where suddenly you're like oh 
I'm starting to figure it out. And then somebody somebody figures it out and they win. So Cryptid is a, is a good one that's in rotation right now. I always feel like I would enjoy more board games but never play board games or tabletop games. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm surprised we haven't done more of it during the pandemic here since we have all four people yeah. at our house. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it, it just it has not happened as often. You know, I, I think part of it, it, it's nice to do it, but also everybody's just kind of, you know, stressed out and sad and uh it, it doesn't always we get together for dinner and and then usually the only other family activity that we engage in is watching uh episodes of taskmaster so hmm. it's, which is good or or an occasional movie but the board game doesn't happen as often as I, uh, maybe i wish it it did because i guess with the kids it's like like most people these days like they're just l- looking to try and have interactions with the people they would normally be interacting with right yeah but we're all like over socializing digitally to try and make up for the in person yeah yeah they got they've got stuff to do and and they you know my daughter is is a co- i mean it's summer she would be home but she's a college student and she's had this 6 month period where she can't be a college student essentially mm-hmm. and is living in a house with her parents which is uh the worst so um i don't know it's it's definitely a challenge we should talk about that maybe a little bit later about yeah. the our pandemic uh lives and what's been going on with that that's worth talking about on on this on the trek we got we'll have time we'll have time to talk just gonna be two guys walking around are we nearly there yep yep all right well let's get going you got any more thoughts on epic and apple uh, is this is this like follow up, Mike? Is that where we are? Sure. Are we doing? We're are we in, still like, doing up right here. Is like, that what's happening? Uh, we're in like follow up Grove or something okay. right now, right? All right. I like this idea. I like this idea. It's outdoor podcast. But again, this is why every conversation between us is is an episode of Upgrade because it what is. else would we be talking about, right? Of course, this know. is what we're talking about. Well, so what's funny is that that on the last episode we. <laughs> You, you started editing the show. Yeah. I went for a run. Mm-hmm. I came back drenched in sweat uh, to find like twenty you saying from me. <laughs> breaking news uh, that Apple has has uh, threatened Epic with uh, kicking them, you know, off of the platform entirely and invalidating their developer accounts and stuff like that. And and I I think I think that's you know where we are. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, nothing breaks over the weekend. But we're not going to know anyway. We won't know. We'll just be. We're going to be secluded. We're going to be out here in the middle of nowhere. We won't know. But um, I don't know. I I don't consider this. I feel like this is the this is the logical next move for Apple to make. And I wonder mm-hmm. if Epic. I assume Epic kind of uh, kind of knew. I, I'm curious to see how Epic responds because I think Apple's move is basically to say. Um, Take the bad version, re- revert your app, revert your app, and take the um, bypassing of the in-app purchase system out of the store, mm-hmm. and then you're then you're fine. Um, and I know that you know. For me, I look at that and I think there is a fairly straightforward way for this to move forward, which is for Epic, now that it's sort of made its point, to revert its app and continue its lawsuit. And say, look, we tried to do this. They prevented it. Mm-hmm. They told us that they were going to invalidate all of our stuff. So we took it off. The lawsuit proceeds. And they get to have their day in court. And they get to have this conversation. And 
uh, and it continues on. I we'll see if Epic does that, right? Like I I don't know. They they are they're certainly going to make hay while they can, right? Because they've got this whole they're going to do this whole uh like free Fortnite thing, which is yep. like I, I've been saying up to now that this has all been publicity. Now now it's becoming marketing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've got like a whole thing going on, uh, and have been doing it this like the weekend that we're going into now. Like they've got like it's called the Free Fortnite Cup because it's basically I think it's like next week sometime they're going to have the new season of Fortnite, which won't come to iOS because they won't need to update the app for the new font for the new season. So they're treating this as like a like last hurrah for iOS players right. is the way that they're kind of treating it. Because um, it's like, well, because of Apple, you're not going to get the next season, so we're going to do this big competition, and they're doing hashtag free Fortnite merch, and they have like the um, the Tim Cook Apple head guy, right? right? Tart Tycoon, is a, which is a tycoon. fantastic name, by the way. Uh, I, I think that's very funny. So that's like a skin that you can get in the game for participating. Um, I think... I think Apple is going to hold them to we're going to kick you out right? yeah. like in a week. But I think Epic will go to the 11th hour before yeah. they make the update because they are using this still as yeah. a uh, uh, tactic in trying to turn public opinion. I mean, we spoke about it last time and the thing that, that is irresponsible on, on Epic's part is the ramifications or the nervousness that could be felt by their development community for the Unreal Engine. You know, and, and so you've got to assume, because you're right in what you said, right? Like, this is the obvious move for Apple, so you you've, you have to assume that Epic has guessed that this would happen, right? Like, we have to make that assumption, because otherwise they were not thinking enough steps ahead when it seemed like they were thinking steps ahead for themselves. Like, they should have planned right. the whole thing out. So my hope would be that they have an update, like that they are ready to submit, right? But they're going to wait until the final moment so they keep everything in the store. And then you're right. At that point, they have another thing where they can go, oh, look, and they forced us to do this because we care about our community, that kind but of thing. But the fight goes on. And the fight in, will continue, in the, in the right? courts. I, also, they're, they're trying to get a restraining order, right? So you want to have that play out because yeah. if you don't have to do it, if the court forces Apple to keep their development accounts alive in and that's some like fashion wins all around for epic because they keep right. making more money which they are. i think they said like half of their transactions over the last little while have gone through their own system and not the ios system so they're making a ton of money out of this right. uh, and then it's like more fuel for the fire right because a court stepped in and said that's not fair apple that's what they want and, to happen right and if the court doesn't step in then um the question is, what will they do? Because mm -hmm. they've made the 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 fact that they're marketing that this is the end, basically. But again, that may be completely disingenuous. I don't believe, I don't believe anything Epic says, right? Because they are they are playing a game here, yeah. And their marketing is part of the game. Yeah. So I don't actually believe when they say, "Oh, this is the end." I, I don't believe them. It may be, and that may be their strategy. But I, I certainly don't lend it any extra credence. No. So uh, they think. You know, I don't know. The um, the risk to them is pretty great. And I don't believe them relenting 
changes their argument at all in terms of their court case, which is we tried to do this. They forced us to back out of it. Uh, all of these things still apply. I, I don't actually think it it makes an appreciable difference to the case that they're trying to make. If In fact, it may strengthen their case to say that we had to relent because Apple threatened all of these other things if we went through to it. And, but I also think it's the only card Apple has to play mm-hmm. is what they did. And 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 if this is a bad analogy, but um, if I own a chain of grocery stores and you shoplift in one of my grocery stores, I don't just ban you from the one store, right? I ban you from all my stores. I don't want you if you're if you're a, if I have jewelry stores and you rob one of my stores, yeah. you don't get to come back in the other stores. And I know this is an imperfect analogy, but like, what is Apple supposed to do? One of their developers specifically antagonistically knowingly broke the rules Mm -hmm. as as the rule maker and again apple hides behind its rules a lot and i think it's often very disingenuous because it says well we're just enforcing the rules but they make the rules they're responsible for the rules but to have somebody roll in and say we're just going to ignore your rules try to stop us i think you have to respond i think you have to say no, like because it's not just even epic. It's like ev- literally everybody else if they don't do yep. it. And and it's and and so this is the only move Apple can make is say, look, if you are going to ignore our rules, um, we're going to lower the boom. But it, I think it's really important that Apple said all you have to do to solve this is turn is revert. You don't have to drop your lawsuit. You don't have to do any of these other things. You need to revert to the version that doesn't break the rules. That's it. That's that's all. And I think that's I think that's la- Apple's essentially last move. And then it's either up to the courts or Epic to make the next move. Which I think is not great, right? Cuz you know, we spoke about it. So my my point still stands. I think Apple Apple should make changes and they should it should look yeah. like it's coming from them rather than them being forced one way or another. But I right. actually I agree like this is what they should do because what you can't have other developers see that if you break the rules, you can get what you want. Like you can't. Right. That that's not how rules work. You can't do that. <laughs> like and again, like I fundamentally disagree with the rules. Like the rules need to change now. But for as long as the rules are what they are, well, Apple have to make a point of anybody that willingly, openly, and fr- 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 is it flagrantly or fragrantly? Flag- flagrantly. Fragrantly would be I can't say the, that word, though. Smelly. I can't say it with the L. <laughs> I just found that one out. Interesting. It's good no one can hear me say this. We're all alone in the woods. It's just, yeah, if, if Mike says a word in the woods, does it actually, <laughs> does anyone hear it? <laughs> Nobody, luckily, except you, and you won't make fun no, of it. No, I am making surreptitious title suggestions on this uh, mm-hmm. on this this tree over here just, 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 just carving in an exclamation point s <laughs> yeah uh, so like because they are breaking them so publicly <laughs> yes so, so fragrantly what yeah what, what are you supposed to do you i mean to. again i don't love apple's rules and i do no. think apple needs to change i'm not on apple's side in the sense of everything apple does is good but like if you're the rule maker and you've got all these people and somebody breaks your rules if you ignore the rules like why do we even have the rules yeah. at that point? Yeah. And it's either you're selectively enforcing the rules, which is really bad, or there are no rules, yeah. which is also bad. So I think they had to respond. And I think that the reason it's worded the way it is, which is just revert your app to before you had 
the in-app purchase thing that breaks the rules, that's that's in there for them to say, we're not asking you to do anything else. We're not asking you to um, stop suing us, right? Like, they could have said... Mm-hmm said drop all lawsuits and we'll but you know they didn't so is it is it a threat yes it is is it you know they were saying that um that this is retaliation and i don't think it is i don't think it's retaliation i think it's cause and effect yeah and that's the difference like i don't think apple is retaliating in the sense that oh boy um there because you sued us we're coming to get you mm-hmm. i think apple is trying to look like they are following what would happen in any situation like this, even though it's the not. The problem is, <laughs> I don't, I can't remember any like case law, quote unquote, of this, like where, because de- developers have broken the rules. You remember all those like the Facebook oh, yeah. thing? Facebook, Uber, uh, Uber sure. and, and Apple's never publicly said, we're going to kick you out of the App Store. I think I think with Uber maybe that did happen. I think I, maybe I, I think there was a report of stuff that like Tim Cook said on the phone, right? Like the the issue, the difference, right. is, it, The issue, the difference is Apple gave this as a press quote to right. press outlets, right? This is all happening publicly, but yeah. I think that the the hammer is back there, and I would be unsurprised if it has not been been wielded at times. In those phone calls, those mm-hmm. unpleasant phone calls that you get from somebody high up at Apple who says, look, you got to cut this out. <laughs> and because Apple does hold the hammer mm-hmm. and and they can, you know, it's not like Uber won't work on the iPhone through a web browser, but you don't want to use a web browser. You want to use the app or maybe it doesn't work. I don't know. Facebook will work on mm-hmm. a web browser if it comes to that. But like you got to have rules, right? You got to you got to put your foot down if you're Apple at some point and say uh, we can because separate. We can can and should debate the rules because we, you and I, both said I don't like the rules. I think Apple's rules are too restrictive, and um, I think that Apple Apple's visibility here and their PR visibility is really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, the system is what it is right now, and I, I think Apple has to say, "Look, you're violating the rules." And that's not an unreasonable thing for them to do, to say, you're violating the rules, and essentially, stop violating the rules and continue to sue us, essentially, right? Because I do think that the lawsuit should continue regardless, because in, essentially, Epic is, has been prevented from doing the thing they wanted to do by Apple. And potentially, Apple's response with bringing the hammer it has given them more fodder for their lawsuit, and I think that's fine, but... At the same time, like Epic is putting, I don't really care if Fortnite comes back in the store or not. That's up to Epic, but it is putting its um, development partners at, at risk. Yep. And as several people have pointed out in the last week, the f- possibility that Unreal Engine is compromised in terms of Apple's platforms is going to cause a chilling effect among some developers. Mm. So the longer this goes on, the more harm is done to part of Epic's business. I do wonder, since Epic seems to be very sneaky and has lots of different plans and ploys, I do wonder if they have a plan to like spin off Unreal Engine in a separate company or something in order to separate it from yeah, what Epic is they doing. They could do that. They could I'm totally surprised do they, that. Right? And just say, like, no, no, they're separate. They're not related to this because, again, if I was a, a client of theirs and relied on them for my business and I cared about Apple's platforms, I would be really mad at them right now. Mm-hmm. 
There's blood in the water, though. And this is this is something Apple sure. doesn't want, right? Like I think this right. is one of the reasons that they're lashing out. And as somebody who wants change, I'm 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 glad mm-hmm. that that this is happening because this is how this is the only way you're going to get Apple to change anything is either force them through laws or uh, regulations or make it so bad that they have to change to save face. And so that part of it, I'm actually kind of great about because uh, this is the only way it's ever going to happen. It seems. And along with that, there's many reports of companies like getting disgruntled, but one of the ones that at least has been public is there's a, like a trade group that of newspapers that are saying that they want the cut to be 15%, like they want the Amazon deal. Um, and it's funny because the Wall Street Journal is in there, which it, it's just like a funny parallel from, I think we were talking like a week or so ago about them being apparently really super happy with Apple News Plus, even though the Apple News Plus cut is like 50%. But this is about uh, these newspaper developers not wanting to pay 30% on their subscriptions that they get with their users in their own apps, right? They want 15% all the time, not just after the first year. And they're saying Apple is like, quote, preventing them from investing in quality journalism. Well, I mean, if you've got a if you've got a payment dispute with Apple, now is the, the time, time to get it out there. Yeah. Now's the time because it's it maybe is the only time in recent memory where the average person would even be aware of the fact that Apple takes a cut from developers, you know? Because Fortnite's big enough that it may have gotten into more people's purview. So, right. So every uh, every great walk, in my opinion, deserves breaks. You know, like I like yeah. to take a break every now and again. Yeah, I think we're getting I think we're getting up to the to the creek here, which is where I wanted to stop and, and okay. set up camp. So so we're yeah we're getting close. We're getting close. It's uh, we take a break. Okay, then I'll talk to you about ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> just for you, Jason. ExpressVPN awesome. lets you access the internet as if you're from a different country. Lots of different streaming services and websites have content that are only available depending on where you are. And with ExpressVPN, you can unlock thousands of new shows and movies from streaming libraries around the globe. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is incredibly fast, so you can stream everything in HD quality with zero buffering. ExpressVPN is available on every device, your phone, your laptop, your tablet, and even on smart TVs as well. ExpressVPN also works with all the streaming services you're going to want to use, Netflix, Amazon Prime, iPlayer, YouTube, many more, and you can choose from over 100, from almost, I should say, 100 different countries. Super simple to use. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location, hit connect, and refresh the page, and and the show or the movie that you'll want to watch will magically appear, Um, as well as video content. I've also found this useful for uh, written content. Uh, Being in Europe, there are some websites that never bothered to comply with GDPR, so you try and visit them from a European country, and they're like, nah, you can't do that. And so you can turn on ExpressVPN and read what you want to read. Um, I've also done this with uh, to get Japanese Netflix as well, to watch a show that I wanted to watch. So yeah, it's, it's out there. Like This is something that you can do. It's very easy to do, and you can try it out for yourself right now. Just go to expressvpn.com slash upgrade, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's E-X-P-R-E ssvpn.com slash upgrade and thanks to expressvpn for their support of upgrade and relay fm hey mike i'm not actually here anymore i've used a vpn to put me over there by that tree oh sorry it's very clever look at that i can get tree netflix now 
I wish that you had a better pun than tree Netflix, you know, like some kind of like, or maybe like fishing Netflix. Fishing Netflix, yes. There you go. <laughs> Look at us, same brain. We are at the stream. We're now. at the stream now, right? Like, okay, we um. While we're setting up camp, we might as well, uh, you know, talk. But we'll we'll uh, get look get the tent out. I'm like, uh, let's 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 do this. All we'll right, do, and we'll do and we'll do some fishing net flicks. flicks. And we are later up later stream. So let me tell oh. you about <laughs> about some stuff that I've been reading, Jason. It's a couple oh, of sure. Apple TV Plus things. Um, they've picked up a movie from Idris Elba. It's a spy movie. This is a uh, even though this is kind of this is kind of a strange one because. Apple have a first look deal with Idris Elba, but this wasn't that. They won this movie uh. in a bidding war. Um, it's being produced by Elba and Simon Kimberg and Audrey Chun. It's not really anything known about this movie right now, except that Idris Elba's in it and it's a spy movie. But spy movie with romance. Ooh, <laughs> That's what a, what yeah. a peculiar mix! <laughs> what a twist! So you know, I think this finally, is like you know, finally a spy movie with romance. Finally, at long last. This is what we can count on with Apple: some real innovation. Now, I haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet, by the way, but I've seen lots of uh, people saying that um, Ted Lasso is really good. It's so good. Oh, you've seen some of it? I've watched the first three episodes. And if we weren't out here, I would be watching episode four right now. It's so good. It's really good. It is, I think everybody's surprised. Uh, looking at the trailer, I thought maybe it would be right in my wheelhouse because mm-hmm. it is, um, you know, it's funny, but it seems like it's got heart and they're they're kind of headed for the uplifting story about sports team coming together kind of thing but it's also really kind of warm and genuine and it's got a lot of the great kind of culture clash things between the american Mm. and all the english people and then it's also like american sports versus english sports culture clash um it's funny it's sweet it's yeah it's really good if you if you haven't tried it because you thought why would i ever watch a show that's based on a on a commercial although to be fair those commercials were based on a character that um that they had come up with um before and it, it just as a comedy kind of character and then nbc was like we have this idea for these promo bits and they said well we could use this character that we've joked about and that was where it came from but um you know in the end it's a, a bunch of very talented comedy uh, producers and writers and and they made this 10 episode apple tv which has now been picked up for a second season oh has it um oh, yeah yeah apple already cool. picked it up i i feel like those those are almost a fait accompli that those apple tv shows are going to get a second season but um but they did after like a week of tet lasso being out there and the reviews have all been really good including from some you know sports related huh. uh places that would generally you know probably frown on fictional um sports shows that are that are silly but it's it's good i like it ted lasso yeah people should check it out it's really i good. have a conspiracy theory for you oh okay so uh an upgradian tweeted at us both and said they liked it and jason sudeikis faved the tweet like like the tweet Ooh! but this isn't the first time that i've seen this so i believe it was Karen Pittman who played Mia Jordan on the morning show. I think it was I think it was her. Similar thing happened. Somebody tweeted or I tweeted about it and she faved it. I wonder if Apple has some kind of like like some kind of like like thing going on here where either they recommend people do this or they uh 
gets people to do it. Because I, I then went to Jason Sudeikis' Twitter account. Jason Sudeikis doesn't tweet at all. Huh. There's no tweets on Jason Sudeikis' Twitter account. But there are lots of likes that don't mention Jason Sudeikis. They just mention Ted Lasso. Hmm. So I wonder if this is like a, a guerrilla marketing campaign type thing. Or huh. they these people could also just be super pleased uh, about the fact that people like the show. But it's the, it's a funny thing to me because I've noticed it happen multiple times now. Because it was a similar thing for me th- the last time, which is I didn't mention anybody in the tweet. I think I just tweeted about how good the morning show was and saw people that were on the show faving the tweet. So I don't know, but I think it's a funny little thing that happened. Yeah, something's going on there. Yep, but uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, production has resumed on For All Mankind. There were two episodes left, and they're finishing them off now. I think it started yeah. like last week or something. And this is shot in the U.S. It's shot in Culver City on the yep. Sony lot. So they are uh, apparently... Again, my theory is uh, just everybody stay in spacesuits the whole time. <laughs> my, uh, when I see this fun. stuff about like TV and movies, I my feeling on it is just like it is a... Close our eyes, cross our fingers. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. Although my, I read an article about it that said that this is a lot of, um, it's what you used to think of as a closed set. Yeah, which is like for love scenes and things like that. They would do that, right? Um, Essential. But now that's just what the sets basically. are. So, so yeah, just like with with sports, actually, they they've kind of grouped everybody together. I I get the impression that in Hollywood, um, everybody wants to be on the set. And like, if you can get near the set, you get on the set. And so what they've done is they've said, okay, um, we know we have a culture of allowing people to go various places, but now that's going to change. And Mm -hmm. so there's like the people who need access to the set and the people who need access to the set, like when it's shooting and the people who are going to be here and, 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 you know, we're going to handle the food this way and we're going to handle the makeup this way and the wardrobe this way, like in order to make it safer. So Mm -hmm. whether it's safe or not is anybody's guess, but I think it's interesting that, uh, by all accounts, they are trying really hard to change the way that this stuff is done to minimize the number of people yeah. who are in any particular environment. Presumably, everybody who is not on camera is masked as well, and that there's way fewer people than there used to be around the sets. And I've seen some actors say it's actually a little bit eerie that there are so few people around because you're used to this kind of like a big bustling set. But that's the whole idea here is to minimize the exposure and all that. But you're right. I think there's an aspect of this which is really crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. But that's true. I mean, it's true of everything. That's true of, that's true of sports too, right? Yeah. Where it's like, well, let's see, let's see how this works. And nobody really knows the answer. But I suppose somebody has to go first and somebody has to give it a try. And this is an interesting one because it's not even a long shoot. They like literally, they have two episodes left and then they can wrap the season. So I, I can see that, especially as wanting to get over the finish line. As but I'm as expecting we're going to get this show within kind of the time frame we would have expected. I think so. If they can, if they can cap off, the, because presumably they have edited and probably you know edited and and done the effects for the rest of the eight, right? Or or at least are on schedule to do that because that was all before it shut down in March. They've had since March to continue post production on that stuff. And some of the post-production stuff is slower, like music especially is slower because if you used an orchestra to do your music before, you can't get the musicians together. So they, they are doing virtual orchestras where everybody's recording their parts separately and then they have to edit it all together, which is really hard, but still they've got time to produce it. So now with these last two episodes, 
um, I wonder if they're going to be able to fairly easily kind of uh, start rolling them out. Remembering mm-hmm. that it's also Apple TV, so it's weekly. So they, the, even if they drop the first three episodes, they've got another seven weeks. So they've got another, whatever, five weeks, six weeks before they get to these these two episodes. So, And if they're lucky enough that these episodes are late in the season, it gives them more pattern. Right. I, w- I bet they don't um, for the second season. I, I would be surprised if they, if they dropped multiple ones. I think they might have done that just at the start because the service was new. Yeah, except that they still have done it. Like Ted Lasso dropped three episodes. Oh, really? But oh, okay. but for a season two, I think you're right. Like that's the question: is for season two, do you need three episodes? And we haven't had a season two on Apple TV, have we? Mm-mm. Really? Nothing. No, so, there hasn't been one yet. So I think that's the question: is will they drop one episode? If I were them, I would because <laughs> I want to ration these. You know live action episodes that I don't have that many of. I don't. If I, if it's going to be weekly, I don't need the first three now. Yeah. You know, well, we watched the first three Ted Lassos over the course of three or four days, and then I was queuing up episode four, and oh, it's not there yet because it drops on Friday, and mm. this was like we watched like Monday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, and then Thursday comes around, and like that episode isn't there. I'm like, oh right, this is a weekly show, so they trained me into watching it on demand whenever I wanted, yeah. and then they had to retrain me into watching it weekly. So I will say, I really actually ended up enjoying a lot. The waiting for for all mankind and for the morning show. I, I love it. I think I think I know that some people like to watch in a binge, but the beauty is if you wait, you can watch it in a binge. But I love the idea of rolling something out initially with that week yeah. uh, between episodes because you get to build suspense. It got and too heavy. Talk about I, it. And, I couldn't have watched and you the last half of that season in a binge. It would have been too yeah. much. I, I liked yep. having the, the room to breathe. So that, that was good. Yep. Uh, Reese Witherspoon's next project for Apple TV Plus is a music competition show called My Kind of Country. Wow. Reality TV, huh? That sentence is like, was a surprise to me when I read it. Um, I don't really know enough about Reese Witherspoon. I guess that she's a big fan of country music would be my assumption here. Um, And again, if if you're confused about why Reese Witherspoon is attached to this, uh, this is all through her production company, Hello Sunshine, which has multiple projects in the works with Apple TV Plus uh, right. by now. Um, she's from she's from Nashville, mm-hmm. so you know that's Music uh, City, USA. Didn't so. know that, but that, okay, Not that makes sense. But yeah, so I mean, with a spoon has been doing just great work here, right? But like the amount of things that that she's been able to to get going with Apple and, and others, so like. I'm intrigued about this. It's a, you know, like we talk about this a lot, like having a breadth in your catalog to meet lots of people where they are. And this kind of reality show is something that people love, right? Like music reality shows. Um, I don't know of there being a popular country music focused reality show. So maybe this is a niche to get into. Um, and I guess it's in, it makes sense in a way for Apple to want to have content like this, uh, but I guess it will just be remain to be seen if it will work out for them. This kind of show feels like a big investment to do right. Yeah, and whether this kind of show works on um, on Apple TV Plus, right? This is it's a funny thing. Uh, Hassan Minaj's show got canceled on Patriot Netflix. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people 
I, I saw some stories that were like, why doesn't, uh, why doesn't the timely talk show work on Netflix? Because they tried it a bunch and they've all kind of flopped. And I think the answer is that it doesn't fit with Netflix's algorithm or with its audience or it's not what people want from Netflix. And I, I think that there's some truth in that. Like, just because there's a kind of TV show that is successful doesn't mean it'll be successful everywhere. No. Like, like you know, John Oliver's show is very successful on HBO, as far as I can tell. And people talk about it and like it, and I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. If that was a Netflix show, I think they would have canceled it after two years or a year and a half. And I don't think, I, I think it's that simple. It's like Netflix is programming to maximize Netflix's subscriptions and Netflix's audience. And what Netflix looks for is not necessarily what other places look for. Netflix viewers not only are a different group of people, but they're looking for something in particular from Netflix. I don't think people go on Netflix thinking, I want to see this week's episode of a news comedy show. Yep. I just, I don't think they do. I don't think people think of next week's anything on Netflix. And that has to do with Netflix and who, what we want out of it. So I, I say this to, to say that Apple doing a reality competition show of a kind with my kind of country, it's going to be interesting to see, is that what Apple TV's viewers want from Apple TV Plus? I don't know. And at this point, it may be so early in the in the lifespan of this service that nobody knows or that they're cultivating an audience and they're trying to bring in an audience that's going to watch this. But I think it's a question of, of what works and what doesn't work on Apple TV Plus in the long haul, because I do think that the same show put on a network, put on a cable channel, put on HBO, put on uh, Peacock, put on Apple TV Plus put on CBS All Access, like we'll have a different outcome mm-hmm. on every single one of those. And it'll be a spectrum. It's dependent on the content that you have that surrounds those shows, right? Yeah. It's like, like I never even really think and how about you use them. going to Netflix to watch a movie. Like I don't really think about that. Right. Like for me, Netflix is seasons of stuff. Right. Like that I can right. watch all of right now. Yeah, and, and that that's the part that I think doesn't get considered enough, which is it's not even necessarily that le- Netflix doesn't like these kinds of shows because they keep trying them. I think Netflix would love one of them to be successful, but that Netflix is fighting against its own brand identity. Mm. Like it, that, that Netflix is not the best vehicle for a weekly news-based comedy slash satire show. I mean, it I seems think maybe like Patriot just a bad Act fit. Is- probably been their best one so far because they've kept it around like they, they kept renewing it it's like, what, it's like well, six seasons i think no well it's six six batches but it, they only went eight episodes past the initial order they ordered oh. like 32 episodes and then at some oh, point uh, okay. like six months ago they added eight more and then and that then they it. dropped it so th- so they That's they true. made a big commitment up front but it, it, they really didn't fulfill much beyond the initial commitment and that is actually what happened with the jill McHale show which is a uh, a very different kind of show, and yet also kind of timely. That's that's was his revival of the soup that he used to do, which is basically picking up like reality TV shows of the week and making fun of them. Mm-hmm. And I loved that show; I thought it was hilarious. But they picked it, it up like for one YouTube little season. To me, that one. Yeah, well, I mean, essentially, except on Netflix, and mm-hmm. and it didn't work for Netflix. Clearly, they did 
order six more episodes, drop them as a binge, which was very weird. I think as an experiment of like, what if we did it and it wasn't timely and we dropped a whole season of it? And then they're like, yeah, that didn't work either. And then they walked away. So I think Netflix would love for something like this to work. I think they would love to have something like a John Oliver or a, or a Daily Show where people came because they wanted to see and it was buzzworthy and all of that and i think i think this is a case of netflix maybe a vic- of being a victim of its own success where it's so good at binge watching tv seasons that uh, that's what people come to netflix for now and there are turns out there are limits to that and that there's some things that you don't people don't want to get from netflix so it's kind of funny because netflix is the is the death star of tv right now but this is an interesting example where maybe they just, uh, you know, they can't do it. They can't. They can't fit this one into their brand. I have some exciting news for you, Jason. Uh oh, our text adventure is ready. It's done. The Clotex upgrade you... text adventure. Is oh done. yeah, we did that. We did the text adventure a little while ago. Yeah. Um, Edited, yes, but completed. You've been working on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. You keep sending me versions of it and I saying, Here, "Here's the latest." Yep. So, it's but it's, I, it's completed. I listened to the final one today. It's ready to go. Uh, August 29th, we're going to have it available for Relay FM members. So th- this coming weekend, this next weekend. Next weekend. Which is a great way for people to, if they haven't given Upgrade Plus a shot yet, but they love the text adventures every year, you can sign up the Upgrade Plus member and you'll get both Upgrade Plus and the crossover feed, uh, which is where there's the, the which is where the text adventure will be found. So we have like this feed, it's called Relay FM Crossover, and it includes tons of great content from over the years um, where we've done these specials every year. If you don't know what the Texas Adventure specials are, um, then you can find out. I'm also going to play a trailer at the end of this episode that oh, doesn't good. exist. Uh, oh, good. Is a that a, is the, why did, I was wondering why you brought the cassette player out. Into yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll play you a trailer. In your backpack, hanging off your mm-hmm. backpack like that. But it's got the text adventure it's on it. I get it now. I get it. In it. So the text adventure is available in the crossover feed where there's lots yeah. of other wonderful content. Um, and I'm already a, a member, Mike. Why do you keep telling I me know. these things? Well, if you're not, and if you don't know where to get it, we got one, you go to getupgradeplus.com, Jason. You can do that right get now up. if you want to. You hear that, birds? GetUpgradePlus.com. Get and if you've signed up and you're already a member uh, and you wonder where the crossover feed is, there'll be a link in the show notes where you can just tap that, sign in, and you can immediately subscribe to crossover. I put that link in the in carved on the bark of this tree over here, which is good, what I'm good, calling good. the show notes. <laughs> this tree we call show notes. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, there'll be a trailer at the end of the episode. And if you want it, go to getupgradeplus.com and sign up. If you're already a Real FM member, you can get it too. And thank you so much for your support. Also, I know you're really excited about fishing Netflix, but I've got a better idea now. Okay. Tree PN. It's a tree-based VPN. Right. I prefer fishing Netflix. Okay, fine. That was funny. Not that 3 p.m. wasn't funny, too. Of course, Jason. Sorry. sorry. Oh, no. 3 p.m. was great. (laughs) It was the best. I don't need your pity. Uh, I have one other thing, Jason, I'm really excited about right now. You may remember we raised uh, a ton of money last year for St. Jude Children's Cancer Research Hospital. Mm -hmm. I do. We're doing it again. We're doing it again. We're partnering with St. Jude once again. Uh, We're going to be raising money now and throughout September, so... As we get into September, you can expect to hear much more uh, about that and like about St. Jude's mission and the cause, um, because that's something that's it's near and dear to all of us. And, and September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. 
um, but you can donate or people can donate now. So you might want to carve into another tree, Jason, stjude.org slash relay. I have written that down here already as you were talking with Pebbles. I've just spelled it out here along the bank Ooh, of, the, a good of the creek. People can see it. So from the above. next people who come by will see see the pebbles that say stjude.org slash. The slash is a, is a stick. It's just obviously. Relay. Yeah, you'd be efficient, St. Jude.org slash Relay. And we're doing the mm-hmm. podcast-a-thon again on Friday, September 18th from 2 to 8 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash RelayFM. It's a virtual podcast-a-thon, yep. right? Because yep. you, you aren't allowed to travel. And yeah, but so the only you... difference is me and Stephen are in the same place. Yeah, Everybody else was virtual last time. So um, right. it's actually allowing us to do some new and very fun things. We've, we had already been working on the podcast-a-thon. I'm not even kidding. Like, from before COVID. Right. We started working on it then. So, it, but we hadn't started too much. So we didn't have to like bin a bunch of plans. We were able to adapt a bunch of stuff and we're able to still do things this year that we'd hoped to do last year, but couldn't get together in time. We're doing them this year, even though it's all virtual. So Great. I think it's going to be really fun. And what I also like about uh, doing the podcast now is I think people will have more time to spend with us to watch it, right? This is something we're getting more used to. So, That's also true. made a little bit earlier in the day because I'm going to be in London. Um, I didn't want it to go until what would have been, I think, three or four in the morning for me. So we're mm. doing two to eight p.m. Eastern time, which ends still I one think, in the morning. One. Yeah, but one I can do. Three would have been that would have I would have gotten a little bit loopy towards the end there. And are you going to dress up? Oh, of course I am. Okay. Wait, me and Adina were talking today about what we were going to wear. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Got to dress up. Got to dress up. No, it doesn't All take right. that away. But anyway, stjude.org slash relay. We're going to talk about this a bunch, but please go there now. It's right there. Donate what you can. We want to do it again. We want to raise $315,000, which I know is a huge amount of money, but we did it last year, so let's do it again. Just tap on the on the stick. Tap on the here stick. on the bank of the uh, creek, and uh, you'll go there. Do you see that over there? Uh, what? Looks like a little cave or something. Oh, see that? Well, we could we could check it out. Let's let's. I mean, it's a bit of a hike. We're gonna have to walk. I think down there, and then cross over the stream. But we could do that. I think we should do that. All right. I mean, it's it's not nightfall yet. You know, we got mm-hmm. time before okay. before we have to turn in. So mm-hmm. uh, sure. You know, thinking about that, like going into a cave after having been inside my own little cave. Uh, oh, but it's a, a new cave. Time. It's a new cave. It's a new cave. New caves are exciting, right? <laughs> Outdoor cave. Yeah, because I am in a new cave most of the week now. Back, like I say, back. I, I'm in and recording from Mega Studio like four days a week. I'm working and recording from there now. The only That's day great. that I don't record from Mega Studio is is or work from Mega Studio is Mondays, um, because I'm still working out how I'll do this show. Oh. from there because because we record i mean i have a couple of shows that i record around the same time in the day that i record upgrade which is like around 5 or 6 p.m but i don't edit them so like i'm still right. trying to work out that process because like i'm usually done with upgrade around sometime between 9 and 10 p.m mm-hmm. which would then be difficult for coming home and having dinner it's a tad late yes that so I'm still late. working out. I th- we, we've we've got some ideas like that could just be a night of the week where we get takeout because we have great takeout options at the studio. Would you do something like record upgrade and then just take the files home? I thought about that, but eventually, at some point, I don't want to have any gear at home for like properly sitting down and recording. 
So hmm. I want to work out the process. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying if you could if you could just take the files home and edit at home after dinner instead. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is it. That would not, work. I've already told you I'm not getting up any earlier, though. No, and this is, it was never a, a, a thing to move it earlier. I would never yeah, have asked. Sure. That wasn't the, the thing. It was just about me working out my process. Because I, I know there's a way to do it. I just... Sure. I've, sure. I've, got, so I've got a couple of options, and I just haven't yet worked out which one I want to take. But there isn't, like, an immediate need because... So like my original plan for the studio is that like we would have been by now all moved in. I would have no gear here except like emergency travel gear, right? I'd have like right. a laptop, a microphone, an XLR cable, and a Zoom recorder, which is like right. just what I would put in my bags whenever I would go uh, away and would would record from outside of home. But exactly. I never got to do that. I mean, it was kind of funny, right? Where, like, now I can look back on it. I think we'd had the studio lease for, like, three or four weeks and then went into lockdown. Uh, so just, you know, we've only been... I've, I've been recording from there for a couple of weeks now, right? Like, and going there, like, three or four days a week, and I'm I'm trying to stick with it at least four days a week now. So that's nice. So how's, how, so how's it going to get out and, and have, a, have a place outside? Because this isn't just the lockdown. I mean... Before the lockdown, before the pandemic, you you could go out and do things, but your work was constrained yeah. in your house in in mega mega office, office. Mm-hmm. Um, which it seems less mu- mega now. I would imagine <laughs> no, it's like but, mini mini office. So, the so you know, leaving the pandemic kind of aside for a minute, believe it or not, and just looking at your work routine, you're you're going. For the first time in a long time, you're leaving your home for, you know, several hours, mm-hmm. several days a week to go somewhere else and, and, and work. That's a big change. Because that was, it was the thing, right? Like, my out-of-home studio was not informed by lockdown. Like, I'd right. made the decision way before then. And it was because I wanted – I had been I have been working from home for five years. And I have come to realize – that was awesome, but I want a bit more structure again. Like sure. I've done it for long enough now where I wanted to change it up. And it may be that like in another five years, I want to work from home again, but we'll be right. in a different, in a larger home, maybe in a larger home. Right. Yeah. So it will be easier. Like we only have three main rooms in this house. We have like our living room and kitchen, which is one room. Then we have two bedrooms and one of the bedrooms is occupied by the studio. And so that means that, like, all I am in is one of those three rooms all the time, basically, right? right? And I felt like I needed more room to breathe. Plus, Adina is working with me now. Like, so I have a UK company as well, um, which is, like, a whole thing. And But I work on other projects through my UK-based company, and we run that together. And it was becoming trickier and trickier for us to both be able to have enough space to work. So we'd made the decision that we would get an out-of-home studio. Um, so we'd have more space to expand. And I wanted it to also be like a comfortable place to be. Because if we were going to do it, I mean, some of my work days will begin at 10 in the morning and end at 10 at night. So it, I wanted it to be a space where we could be comfortable in, 
for long periods of time as well because I have right. like these weird holes in the middle of my day sometimes, right? Where like I've got all the stuff I need done for the morning, but then I'm not recording anything for like another three hours. So having somewhere comfortable to be during that waiting period of time would also be good. You have like, I assume like coffee or tea making things and do you mm-hmm. have a little refrigerator or something in there? And we stuff don't like that yet, but that's the plan. We just haven't yeah, gotten sure. that yet. Like we're still, we're now like, even though we've had the lease on this place for six months, we're back to like week seven. Right. Right. So the, the main thing was before we could start really filling it out of everything else we needed, is it had to be recording ready. And it is now. Hey, that is, that is a big cave. That is a big cave. This is bigger than Mega Studio. I mean, hey, hello! <laughs> wow. Um, we could explore this cave a we, little. I mean, I let's like. walk. Let's walk into the cave All while, right. while we're talking. I mean, it's huge. It's like I, it's barely even a cave this far out. This is spectacular. All right, no, you were saying. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so it's been. We're still kind of feeling it out. Still working out what we need. But, like, it's been a great change for me mentally now to have this place. It's given me renewed energy for work. I'm putting more activity into my day, like, which I think is helping with my energy, right? Um, and it's it's forcing structure for me in a different way. And I'm having way more of a feeling of, like, being home, which I haven't had in a long time. Like, in the idea of, like, I'll do that tomorrow, I'm home now. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Right? I, and I, I'd i lost that. Like, I really lost that. Um, and so I, I like having that feeling again. That That's nice. This is one of the reasons, believe it or not, this is one of the reasons why I shut down my computer when I'm done for the day. Mm-hmm. And then I, I can close the garage door. Yep. The door, or, you know, not the big rolling garage door, but the door to the, to the rest of the house in the garage. And on a weekend depending on what I'm doing, like there are weekends where the computer never comes on and people send me things and I'm like, I'll do that when I'm back at the computer. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not as, as dramatic as having it be home and office, but putting any barrier between the one and the other can really pay off mentally. I think yeah. in, in forcing you to section your time and, and say that's, that goes in the other bucket. I'm not going to deal with that right now. It's just going to wait until, later yeah i i don't know exactly why or how but like i just got not good at, at separating all that stuff apart you know yeah it's um, hard it's hard when it all mixes together and you're not leaving the house and it's all just kind of running together and it's it's you know kind of more efficient in many ways to just be able to ping pong back and forth but i think that it takes a a toll mentally i mean you mentioned having everyone at home again uh is that changing your work? You know, I, I'd say as much as I talk about my home office and, you know, the, being out here in the garage and having this be my, my place, my domain, um, I used the rest of the house more than I thought. Hmm. And that has been the biggest change for me is I used to do, you know, to take a break... Like, I talked about that iPad setup I have, right? Where I've got yeah. the iPad stand and the keyboard and all of that. That's not something I do in the garage. That's something I do in the house. I, I take it into the house to the, by the kitchen, and I stand yeah. at, the, at the bar, and I do it. Well, I can't do that because there's people. 
all the time. There's always somebody around. Whereas I used to be able to do that and there was nobody else in the house but me. Mm. So that, that has been a challenge. In the, in the summer months, when it's a nice day, I can go in the backyard and work. And that is still, you know, that's a, still a great kind of like play shift for me when I'm capable of doing that. Um, so that's been nice when, I'm, when I can do that. But I've realized that, yeah, I definitely took advantage of the emptiness of the house to expand my, my workspace and uh, different options. Also, the pandemic has closed down another one of my place shifting tricks, which was going to Starbucks and writing my column, which I did a lot, um, just to get, it gets me out of the house and puts me in an environment. I you did that. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been I've been writing at a you know writing the MacWorld column especially at Starbucks. Not every week, but but I was doing that a lot. That we used to have a Starbucks within walking distance, and it was great. And I would just walk over there, and then they closed it, and I was very sad. But I still went maybe every other week ish to one that I could drive to. Um, but obviously, pandemic is the end of that. And that, the good thing about that is that you're there, and it's like, well, I'm here. I went to all the effort to come here. It would be awfully stupid if I didn't do what I came here to do, which is write my column. And it, it, it sort of like forces me mm. to focus on doing the job, which mm. I, I find that I find that very, not only am I in a different place and I'm, there's kind of like the hubbub of people. Um, and I've also kind of like forced my own hand of saying, you know, you will feel really stupid if you leave here having spent an hour sitting here and done nothing. And it, it totally works. Like, I would sit that, down... That's definitely part of the effect that I'm getting at the studio. Yeah. So I would sit down, like, I'm not going to waste the time that I'm here, because mm-hmm. otherwise, why am I here? And so I would sit down and I would write, you know, a thousand words or whatever in a fairly short amount of time. It was great. Finish my hot chocolate, leave, yeah. maybe pop into the supermarket and then go home. Um, and I've lost that. Yeah, paying a rent on a on a... Imagine room really gives you that feeling more, more than a hot chocolate at <laughs> Starbucks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but that, but it is that is one of the effects of that. So anyway, that's one of the ways that it's affected me. Is it, I I'm largely unaffected by this because I work at home. Uh-huh. But uh, that and, and I feel very lucky to have my setup here and be very comfortable in it. Um, but. Uh, there are definitely, you know, having a lot of people in the house has definitely added added some some complications to that. It's great. It's great having my daughter home. Um, you know, it's tough because my son is now doing online classes every day. Uh, and he is. Okay. That's not, we bought him a new chair, but you know, he's sitting at a desk watching Zoom lectures. Hmm. Burr. Yeah. But you know that 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 sounds kind of terrible for him but better than being in school maybe i think so i think so yeah i know this it's a it's a very different situation for lots of different people but i can imagine that for many parents if they have the choice available to them that's the choice that they would want to be able to take right right well i really i'm really glad that you're using your um you're using your studio because I, I mean, you got up right to the precipice and then everything locked down. Uh-huh. And I, and it's got to be. I mean, you're you're essentially going to another space that you control, so it's got a lot less stress than if you were going into an office with lots of people. It really is your space. Yep. And it gives you, uh, you know, you you've essentially expanded your house, um, in a way, right? Yeah, you have that to go is what there, it feels like. But it's another, per, another home, another workspace, whatever, however you want to describe it it's a place that you both can go Mm -hmm. and um 
it's not the place that you've been and it, it probably puts you in a context that is a you know more of a even when you're in one of those holes in your schedule you're still at at work right mm-hmm. incredibly difficult to buy office furniture right now though <laughs> i bet you try and buy a chair right like a good chair or a good desk super difficult to do <laughs> really very very difficult to do huh Hey, what is that? Do you see that? Over there in the know. corner. Do you see that? It's kind of dark over there. It looks... I just saw something shining. Like, it looks like... Like a door let me, or let me turn something. On, let me turn on my flashlight. I didn't know you had oh. one of those would have been useful if you could have... Well, it's, it's my phone. It's oh, not an actual... Oh, right, yeah. Torch. I mean, who, Sorry, torch. Who would want an actual flashlight? Am I right? Um... I think Casey Liss. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, I think that, it, I mean, it's super, super rusty, but is it, how could there be a door in the back of a cave? That's crazy. What is? I don't know. I feel like we should dash over to that door. Oh, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's dash to the door. And while we dash to the door, let me tell you about door dash. Yes, please. You've got plenty on your to-do list. <laughs> Laundry, emails, errands, goodness knows what else. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants. Jason, can you tell me a little bit about your DoorDash experiences? Just to me, of course. I personally want to know. Well, uh, I mean, you know that my daughter has done some driving for DoorDash, yep. which is hilarious, and she goes to all these places and gets great food from some of the great restaurants here that it can't serve people more or less anymore in inside. So mm-hmm. they instead, uh, people order out and we've definitely done that for, we did that for Indian food. We did that for Chinese food. Um, we did that for a local Mexican restaurant and then, uh, it just, uh, comes to your door. There's a happy driver that might be my daughter. Might be. And, uh, <laughs> Also, it's changed the context of asking my daughter to go out and pick up a takeout order for us. Is that we say, Jamie, it's you're, you're going to DoorDash for us. <laughs> she right does not now. appreciate that. She does not appreciate. I'm sure, that. she doesn't. But yeah, it is. It is. If you if you are uh, wanting food and you want somebody to literally bring it to your door from a nearby restaurant, like that's what it's all about. It's great. Listeners of this show can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more by using the code UPGRADE. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store, you can go in and use check out, put in a code and you just use the code UPGRADE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code UPGRADE. Go do it now and do not forget the code is UPGRADE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Our thanks to DoorDash for their support of UPGRADE and all of Relay FM. Yeah, it is a door. All right. Is this like a, it's like a ring or something? Let me pull. Let me pull. On yeah, this. Hold, stand, stand back. Okay. Stand back. Hold, okay. the, hold, okay. the, hold the light on me. Let me. All right. What is this? In a cave? I mean, this is finished. That that was that's just a rough cave. But this is just a, like a. Why would there be like a storage room? In a, inside a, 
I mean, I guess I'm cave monsters in. need storage rooms too, Let's right? Sure, don't even say cave monsters. Okay, sorry, sorry. While we're in sorry. a cave. Although this is more like a basement monster <laughs> would be in here. Check this out. Like huh. there's a layer of dust. No one's been here. in here in a long time. Oh man, man, look at this old computer. Can you imagine how much faster an Apple Silicon Mac could be from this computer? It's mind-boggling. I mean, even a modern I need a new computer. chart. Maybe, maybe. Oh, well, look, I've got a maybe. whiteboard over here, right? See this whiteboard? Okay. I want to draw yeah. for you, Jason, a chart that, that I saw on, uh, on your very fine website. Do those pens, do those dry erase pens even work? No, they, that's good enough. All right. Let's, I mean, I suppose hey. it could be a permanent marker. They're not going to know we're here. But yeah, sure. Draw me a map. Draw All me right. a chart. So I've got an x-axis for you here, which is power consumption, and a y-axis is just performance. This was a, a graph that was shown at a WWDC uh, session. And so we have uh, typical desktops we're going to put in a box here and typical notebooks we're going to put in a box here. And basically the way that I outline this on the graph is saying that a typical desktop is going to consume more power and perform better, right? And typical notebooks yeah. will have less performance and consume less power. We know this already, right? Yes. Um, this, is, this is the way, like this is the two computer classes. They're displayed on a graph in this way. Yeah, but, you're, do, you're doing the, the Apple WWDC uh, yeah. Slide, yeah. yeah. But on the and now, I'm just going to take a big, uh, big pen, and I'm just going to draw a big, like hazy area up the top left. Oh, least power consumption, most performance, and we're just going to label that max of Apple Silicon. Okay, right, just right. Like nebulous I see what you're doing here in this top corner here, mm -hmm. right? So this is what Apple was trying to show people. They're trying to say. That, like, I guess every Mac of Apple Silicon will perform well and not consume a lot of power? Like, what is going on here, do you think? Well, it's it's a Bezos chart, in a way. It, it is a Bezos so, chart. It is. Good It's point. just, oh, it's uh, good is here and good is here and mm -hmm. bad is here. Um, yeah. I, what I find fascinating is that Apple Apple seems to be suggesting that um, the Macs with Apple Silicon are going to be faster than existing notebooks, uh, but that some will also offer lower power consumption. It's a it's a whole like there's a lot unsaid here, and I'm sure it's based on reality, but it's also like like you know, like rub that rub that little upper left thing to make it even more kind of hazy, right? Like mm -hmm. just take off some of the some of the pen there. Um, but it's intriguing, right? Because it's all positioned above notebooks in terms of performance. And it's all positioned to the left of desktops in terms of power consumption. So this is Apple not making any promises while also promising that they're going to have this whole line that's going to use less power than all their desktops. And that is going to be more powerful than almost all their notebooks. Yeah, like what they're basically trying to show with this is what our hopes and dreams are, which is every chip is better than the one it replaces for what it's supposed to right. do. Okay, let me draw you a chart then. Okay. How about that? I'm going to use this part of it. I'm going to erase this. Is that a skull? I don't know. I'm just going to erase it. I don't know what they're drawing on here. Don't, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, let's... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw you a, a chart of uh, Apple processor performance so we're going to start uh -huh. here bottom left i like that you have this so, all in your brain all these well, numbers 
I mean, of course I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, this is pretty simple, though. It's like just the processors, the A10 and the A11 and the A12 and the A13, right? Mm-hmm. Basically a straight line tracking up and to the right. Mm-hmm. So we can assume from that that like an A14 would just kind of consi- continue up. Yeah, so the A14 would be the next chip that we'd find in, say, the next iPhone, the next iPad, maybe. Yeah, and maybe that chip is um, faster than we expect, that, that it, it's gotten faster, the pace of, of, of speed boosts have gotten faster, maybe. But let's just assume it's kind of on, on pace. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to draw a little circle here under the A13, which is the processor that's in the iPhone 11. Okay, what's that? Right? Mean? Or is that, or is that the iPhone 12? I can't, I can't read my own writing sometimes. It's the iPhone 11, 11, because yeah. the iPhone 12 is the next one. The okay. iPhone 12 is the next one. That will have the A14 in it. Uh, right. So A13, iPhone 11. This little circle below it, that is, um, that is the top of the line iMac from last year. Okay. So I can draw another little circle above it, and it would probably be the top of the line iMac for this year. Right. They're in the so ballpark. Like hovering around on, what is this? Yeah. Single core? This is, single, this is sing, single core, right? Okay. Well, okay. So, first off, let's just call it what it is. The fastest iMac is basically as fast as the fastest iPhone. Okay. At single core, single which core. is ridiculous, but that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, first thing I'm going to do is say if the A14 is in. You know, maybe the A14 is the basis of not only the iPhone 12, but the new iPads. Yeah. And whenever they come, a new iPad Pro. And they have a certain number of processor cores, and there's also a speed boost. And we'll get to the processor cores in a second. But, like, is it is it unreasonable to think that there would be a Mac variant of this that would be faster? Because that presumably the Macs are going to have cooling in a way that an iPhone and an iPad couldn't. So potentially here in single core... You could have, like, I'm going to draw another big circle up here, way above the A14. For the M14, I'm going to call it that. Don't try to stop me. Like, okay, so already, even if the even if the new Apple Silicon Macs only have an A14, which they won't, it's already faster than the fastest iMac. That's just core. the tr- just just the trend line of mm-hmm. a single core, mm-hmm. but then let's throw in let's throw in multiple cores because you know these these uh, iOS processors that Apple's doing are multi core, and probably one of the ways that Apple will make them more conducive to the Mac is at least at the high end is adding more cores to them. Yeah. So if I if I move you know we keep that line kind of more or less the same, uh, but we say that it's multi processor performance now multi core performance. And I can draw in, like, the Mac Pro is going to be way up here. Like, the Mac Pro 28-core Mac Pro is going to be the king of the hill. Okay. But, the like, an 8-core iMac, 10-core iMac, 8-core MacBook Pro 16, you know, they're all faster than the A13 because they have more cores, more performance cores. Um, so, okay, fair enough. But I think if, you, if you, I draw a line through from, like, the iPad... An iPad Pro with the number of cores in, a, in, a, in an A14X, let's say, on an iPad Pro, yeah, it's in the ballpark. It's like faster than the MacBook Pro already. Well, yeah, because the current iPad Pros are running the A12Z, which right. is so faster than the A13, though. Right, but a generation behind. Exactly. So we Just would with assume extra cores. 
that I mean, if you follow those trend lines too, an A13Z, if that ever is made, we don't know, or X, or X would probably be in the region of that MacBook Pro of the MacBook Pro. Inch. And, yeah. Right, and then you do if you take it to 14 mm-hmm. and use that as the basis and add cores and call it the A14X, it's going to be even faster. Yeah. And again, and, and here's, here's the possibility is um, imagine now that Apple, uh, what makes it a Mac processor instead of an iPad processor is that they add more cores. Mm-hmm. Once you start adding more cores, it's very, it's very easy to kind of conservatively extrapolate that a Mac... An eight core, eight performance core Mac M14 processor is faster than all but the very fastest build to order Mac Pros and iMac Pros, right? And that's the chip that could go in an iMac, yeah, or even a MacBook Pro, yeah. So, so you know. When you look at my imaginary charts and and Apple's imaginary charts, I think it's just we we everything we do about Apple Silicon is is speculative, but if you look at the trends of Apple's processor speed growth over time, and then you consider that a Mac variant would probably have more cores, it's really hard to imagine that the Apple Silicon Macs won't be way faster than Intel Macs. And I think that's interesting. Like, again, it, it's all made up. We're making a lot of, it's, it's back of an envelope. I mean, I'm doing it on a whiteboard here, but it's essentially the back of a napkin kind of calculation. But once I did this calculation, it became apparent to me that like, we should expect spectacular performance yeah. from these systems. That, I think that, especially the desktops, because... Yes. The, the the laptops will still, I reckon, and I'm sure you do too, follow the high efficiency and the performance core model yeah. that we see in the mobile devices, right? Although if it's a, if if they do, if one of the first Apple Silicon Macs is a MacBook Pro, yeah, that'll have a cooling system in it that I think yes. I think you could put in an iMac and a MacBook Pro, you could put in the same processor, which is which is one that's got more mm. cores maybe than is in the iPad okay. Pro. That, Whereas cool something a like a point. MacBook or a, Ma- a MacBook Air might might have the iPad class processor in it. I don't know. But yeah, so you you're, pro- you're definitely right there, right? There, there'll be a scale that because laptops they could put fans in, they can put more performance cores in, but computers that are permanently plugged in, they can put yeah. even more in. And if we like, we can't even fathom what they might be able to do. We can imagine and we can draw these charts, but like, I think until I saw some of these trend lines that you've been putting on this board here for me to see, it didn't really, it hadn't clicked for me about the fact that like, well, this is this is this kind of performance that they are getting are from chips that would not be taken and dropped into these new computers because we're looking at different types of architectures right like you are looking at fans you are looking at permanent power i mean and in the case of a laptop a a, a product that people are used to plugging in so you can ramp up and ramp down if you need to like you can end up with very different speeds like this these charts these trend lines that can be blown out of the water and, and let's, it's important to remember the developer transition kit that's out there. That's that Mac Mini with Apple Silicon in it. I believe that is the A12Z that's in there. Mm-hmm. So let's just keep in mind, 
that is essentially, again, the X and the Z, the difference is one GPU core is turned on that wasn't before. It's essentially the A12 from 2018. It's not even last year's A13. Mm-mm. It's an A12. So the developer transition kit is not a great guide to what performance is going to be, other than to say that's what performance is in a computer that essentially we would think of as being almost two years old. Um, so I would imagine that Apple Silicon in Max is going to be based on the A14 architecture and get all of the benefits of that. So it's going to be way, way more probably than we expect. Now, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to, Apple's going to balance it. Apple, they're, they're, you got to balance battery life and power consumption and all that. But because they've got their efficiency cores and because they've got their performance cores, and that's not something that Intel processors have, that leads to some really interesting potential for them to add a lot of power and use it when it's plugged in. You know, or has a fan has a fan going, mm-hmm. but also drop it way down and get the battery life when you're in other situations. And that's, I don't know. I, I just I think when you extrapolate out what the growth of the speed of the processors on the iOS side has been, and then imagine that it's going to be that, and then probably a little bit more on the Mac side, it gets really exciting. Like, like almost every. I, I would imagine that every Apple Silicon Mac will be faster by a lot than the model it replaces, but I think it might also be safe to say all of them will be faster than all but a handful of existing Intel Macs. And the, the, all at the highest end, right? I think they'll all be faster than everything but the iMac Pro and Mac Pro and maybe the highest end iMacs. But as we know, like, but at some point, they will have something to replace that as well. Right. Well, and they say there's a two-year transition. I mm-hmm. think that's exactly it, is that probably the idea of building... They, they put off the, ability, the idea of building a multi-multi-multi-multi-core monster processor until later, right? Like, mm-hmm. get, get the reasonable eight-core, eight-performance-core processor out the door, and then down the road, build your 18-core whatever it is monster that goes in the mac pro <laughs> just like a bag full of arm chips <laughs> just put them in there <laughs> there you go uh, speaking of monsters did you hear that no, i don't want to yeah i did hear that and i don't want to talk about monsters it could just be an animal or something i mean it's not uh, like this is clearly a re- some sort of abandoned research station i mean there probably it's just an animal right something that opened the door from the cave no don't like the sound. Oh wait, look. Hold on a second. There's a there's another door over there. It looks like stairs. I I like that. And then that that is an exit sign that's not lit up. It's right above it. Yeah. Why don't we um let's see where the stairs go. Maybe and close the door behind us. Yeah. I want to get out of Hero and talk about Hero. These days, your house isn't just your home. It's an office, it's a school, it's a movie theater, it's a restaurant. All these activities and more put a strain on your Wi-Fi. It's not good enough. It's only decent speeds if it's only working in just a room or two in your home. You want a solid Wi-Fi connection throughout your whole house so everyone isn't working on top of each other. 
you need Eero. Eero, an Amazon company, covers your whole home with fast, reliable Wi-Fi inside and out. Rooms with bad to no Wi-Fi, dropouts on your patio, Eero makes every square foot of your home usable by eliminating poor coverage and dead spots. You'll have a consistently strong signal wherever you need it. You can be on a work call, the kids can be remote learning, and someone could be streaming videos all at the same time without any buffering when you have Eero. Super fast and easy to set up. You just plug it into your modem and you are good to go. You manage Eero from a super simple app. You can pause for dinner and get alerts if any device attempts to join your network. I have Eero set up in Mega Studio and I absolutely love it. Their application is fantastic. One of the things that I really like is just a simple thing that you can get notifications when devices join the network. I find that to just be really useful to know. It's like if something's acting up or if I'm adding something new, I can just see yeah. it right there. Super simple. Similarly, I can get a notification if I'm, if there's things that are going on and I don't want to see. Like it's, It really is very great. Uh, I love that. So it's, it's just like an extra peace of mind that I have. Um, and, it's, and I like that I can also go in and see everything that is connected as well, which is just really great. And how they're connected. So I can yeah, see, oh, is this connected by wireless? Is this connected by Ethernet? Really, really fantastic. We're asking a lot of our Wi-Fi these days. Eero can help yours do more. Go to eero.com slash ahoy and enter the code ahoy at checkout to get free next day shipping with your order. That's eero.com slash ahoy with the code ahoy at checkout to get your Eero delivered for free with next day shipping. Eero.com slash ahoy code ahoy. A-H-O-Y. Our thanks to Eero for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Did you hear there's something hmm. mechanical going what get down mike whoa wow well i guess it's time for ask i guess what else would we do never i mean make fun of lasers again i guess you no, never should no, you've, no. you've learned the hard way kenneth kenneth might be able to help us kenneth has a great question actually people that have listened from episode one would we consider them to give them the title of founding upgradians uh, i don't know what do you think I like the idea of a distinction for people that have been here since the very beginning. Sure. But the problem is, how do you prove it? Maybe if you were, yeah, you were mentioned on an early episode. Mm. That makes you. So on the TV Talk Machine, which we did for Tim Goodman and I did for years, and he did for years before that, um, we, would, we would have what we just called the OG listeners who had been there and and the reason we knew that they were OG listeners is because they had been on an early episode like they right. had, had a, a letter a read or something mm-hmm. that and that helps if you can tie it back to that like if you if you invented the word upgradian then you're right. a, a, definitely an original upgradian yeah. I'd say original I'd say original upgradians originals good I like yeah. more than we, founding we, we, we are yeah. the founding upgradians we, we founded yeah upgrade and yeah. then you were original upgradians maybe mm-hmm. I don't know yeah I like that yeah if you okay. can, you can if people can prove to us that they've been around since the beginning or very close to the beginning they can get the title original upgradian alright we're gonna we're gonna go to the next uh, stairwell there's a break there's a pattern in the lasers there's a break in it okay on my signal ready yep now okay Okay, while we're sitting here, I'm ready for another question. Ian says, when reviewing videos and films, like media, basically, for podcasts, do you do it in your office or do you watch in your lounge? I I don't know what a lounge is. I don't have one of those. Okay. Uh, What do you call the room where you have your TV and your 
The living room? Living room. Okay, living room. Do you not okay. lounge in the living room? I lounge there you go. wherever I am. I, wherever I lay my hat is my lounge. Uh, my, uh, the, um, mostly it is in the living room. Uh, yeah. Sometimes not. And sometimes I will force it on my, my family. Well, I rarely force the homework on my family. I sometimes force it on my wife. Yeah. But usually it's good stuff. The bad stuff I sort of have to watch by myself. And that was an advantage, you know, when, when there was nobody in the house, speaking yes. of, where, like, I would just come out at lunchtime and I'd watch the thing that I needed to watch. And I, I sometimes these days will do, like, I watched an episode of a TV show in, in the backyard the other day because that's where I was and uh, the other spaces in the house were being taken up by other people and that's fine too. But I'm mostly... Um, when I'm reviewing stuff for a podcast, when I'm doing the homework, it's mostly in the living room on the big TV. Yeah, same for me. I, I still want to be able to relax to watch the program so I can actually like watch it properly, right? Like I want to be able to relax and watch it so I'm in the right frame of mind, even though I might be taking notes or have like a different thought process while watching the show or the movie. I still want to be comfortable with the best sound system, with the best TV, right? Like, it's just to get the best, like, experience yeah. out of the property is. Yeah. I always joke about, like, oh, I watched this movie as the director intended on an iPhone. <laughs> like, yeah. no, they don't want that at all. And you should try to get it in the, in the ideal kind of circumstance. Okay, we're going to the next uh, level now. Ready, Mike? Ready. Now! Okay, what's the next question? Luke says... What features would you like to see in a consumer Apple display and what kind of price point do you think it should sit at? Oh, wow. Um, I want, I mean, features, I, I want it to be a, a 5K or yep. above display. Yep. I want it to have a, uh, a camera, a good camera in it. Yes, iPhone level or higher, no yep. lower. I want it to be a um, Thunderbolt or whatever is the state of the art when it comes out hub so that you can connect a device to it and then connect a bunch of things to the back of the display and have them Mm -hmm. uh, be connected like with the old Thunderbolt display. Face ID. I would love it if that that camera also was a a face Face ID ID capable kind of sensor. That would be spectacular if that was the case. And I would like... like pro display kind of design right like uh, you know or whatever the future apple design is right but like really look like what the redesigned imac looks like whatever that is yeah yeah that's a good point yeah uh vesa mounting sure optional to optional Mm -hmm. to vesa mount it for sure and a nano texture option nano texture option is great yeah and then in terms of the price point i would say uh, find a comparable monitor of that size and have it be, you know, a bit more than that, but not too much. Because, you know, it's never going to be the cheapest option because it would be an Apple display. But I'd like it to not be too overpriced. That's always my dream with Apple products is please don't overprice it so much that it's impossible for me to buy. Well, it's got to be cheaper than an iMac. That's true. Right. So, I mean... I guess the ideal price point is thirteen to fifteen hundred. Like when I say ideal, it's like what do we think they would charge and how much can they charge? 
and the IMAX starts at eighteen hundred. And yeah, you know. I mean the LG Ultrafine twenty seven five K is twelve ninety nine. So it's got to be around there, like fourteen hundred yeah. maybe fifteen hundred. Yeah. yeah, that's about as much as you could get from it because like is that you you get ludicrous right? Like if you have a display that costs more than a computer when it's consumer grade. Right, like obviously the pro display yeah. costs more than but, everything depending I mean, on what you're Apple, buying. Apple's argument might be that you should most people should just buy a, an iMac and that this yep. is for everyone else. But um, you also yeah, have to something be like real, that. real. Like yeah, there has to be some kind of realisticness to it. Still, like, I, I would also argue that if if it's got an integrated hub and all of that, like they could make it and and a good camera and all of that that mm. that. It would be like the competition, but more expensive, but also better in some ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope they do one, but I'm still not convinced that they are. All right. Should we go up another floor? We're nearly at the top of the staircase. Maybe we can finally get out of the way from those lasers. Yeah. Before we do that, I, 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 want, I want to say, oh, yeah. if touch is supported on the Mac, I want touch on that display, and I want mm-hmm. it to also connect to um, iOS devices so that I could also attach an iPad to it, and it would do touch. Yes, yes, and yes. All right. Let's go. Now, James asked, what's your okay. typical setup for video calls? Which camera do you use? Which microphone do you use? Wow. I'm using my iMac Pro mm-hmm. FaceTime camera because it's 1080 and it looks pretty good. And in fact, I've got the Logitech external camera and I don't think it looks as good. I don't think the framing is as good. I don't think the, the metering, the, the white balance, I don't think any of it is as good. So I don't... Which I'm, one? I'm not really using it Do you anymore. know which Logitech camera you have? It's an old one, old right. 1080p one that I bought like five years ago and used with my other devices. But I started using it with this iMac Pro, but I just don't as much anymore unless I need something that I can point in a different direction or mount in a different way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mike, I, I, use, I use my mic that I use for podcasts and yeah. my headphones that I use for podcasts. So in my case, that's a sure... Um, SM7B, I think. Uh, so when I'm at my desk, I use my microphone, which is uh, Neumann KMS105. Love that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I now have a, a, a webcam, the Logitech Brio. There's a bunch of different models of the Brio, um, but it's, it's, it's a 4K webcam. Looks yeah. really good. Um, really helps to have a, a bit of light if you can get a bit of light on you. Uh, but that's with pretty much the same with all cameras. But if you can get a bit of external sure. light, it really helps. But I do like that camera. Um, that, that one does a good job, and I use that. Or I also will take video calls on my iPad Pro with its camera and using my AirPods. They're, they're yeah. like the two different ways that I'll take video calls. I actually did a, an experiment, and I used camo. I've heard about this. Camo Studio. Yeah. Um, I, I did a podcast where I was, my iPhone camera was my camera. Uh, and that's uh, Reincubate has this app called Camo Studio. And you plug your iPhone in to your Mac and you run Camo Studio on your Mac. And now you have a webcam that is your iPhone. It doesn't work with all apps, mm. but it works with Zoom. And I used it on Zoom and it totally worked. And mm. I was able to do some stuff that um, you know you can like s- manually kind of zoom it to the right zoom level and all that and because you're using such a high quality camera the you can zoom in a little bit and it doesn't have any impact on on the quality of the image and I was pretty impressed with that it's a bit to set it up I actually I actually bought a little clip it's like an iPhone stand clip 
um, so it's clipped back behind my iMac, and then I can have it. Um, I can clip the phone into it and kind of hang it over the edge of my iMac and use it as a webcam. And I have used that, and that's actually pretty cool. It looks great. It's a, you know it's fiddly and it's a bit of work, but it does actually look really good because that's a way better camera than any other camera you're going to oh, get for definitely. your Mac, especially if you use the back camera. All right, we're almost at the top here. All right, one more level, one more, right? One, one more, one more dash. Are you ready? Go. <laughs> Well, all right, Lonnie asked, and then we'll get out here. How do you organize Windows on your Mac? Do you use an app like Better Touch Tool or something like that for snapping them, or do you let them all overlap? Lonnie, I use my Windows as Apple intended. I just use them. I don't know what to say. Do you not move? Do you move stuff around to specific places though? Like in your mind, you have like your own kind of like model of where the windows go. Yeah, Slack goes in the upper left, and Audio Hijack in the lower right, and mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I have places for some of this stuff to go, but I just put it there, and I don't have any, I don't have any app to move. I mean, I've got the apps, I just never use them to move things around or snap them. Do I don't, you? I don't work that way. Use multiple desktops. I do not. Okay. I am I am opposed to multiple desktops. They're great oh. for other people, but I I'm not interested in in them okay. at all. Okay, interesting. Two desktops I use. Huh. Uh, I have all of my recording stuff on one. So I have Audio Hijack. I have Discord. When we're live, I have Safari and Skype. Yeah. And then on the other one is all my other apps. So like. If I was doing work on the Mac, if it wasn't in a web browser, so like all my communication apps are here. So like messages is here, Slack is here, emails here. I have Notes, I have OmniFocus, I have Todoist, a uh, toggle. Sorry, um, they all live on the other desktop, uh, and they all overlap, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't like Windows, right? Like I like one of my favorite things about ios like i really like the simplicity of ios like i can either be in one app i can be in two apps sometimes one can come in from the side or i just go to the other apps like i actually really like that i like that model i don't like the way that split screen and full screen work on the mac it the app it's too big um so i will use windows uh windowing but it looks messy to me, and I don't like it. I don't like all these things overlapping, and yeah, I, I, it's not—it's not my favorite thing about the Mac, to be honest. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I think this is one of those cases where I'm just going to admit to being an old school Mac user, and yeah. I like multitasking. I like having a bunch of different apps because I use a bunch of different apps. On the iPad, I feel differently about it. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's just how. But on the Mac, I like having my different things. Also, I've got this huge 27-inch screen. I might think. Um, differently about it if i had a smaller screen but the screen is so huge and there's almost nothing i do that uses the whole screen so instead i've sort of put different things in different places and then the dead center is my work space yeah. basically yeah yeah i i know you don't like windows but that's a window right there and we can go i think we can i we can go out of it and get out of here because well, i don't outside. like this window so much i want to get away from this window okay well and on the other side of it all right, uh, mind the glass and step on out. Uh, it's 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 fine out here, Mike. It's fine. Yeah, Come on out. Well, we didn't get eaten by a monster. We didn't get killed by lasers. So that's a plus in my book. Yeah, minor vandalism. We wrote on their whiteboard whatever mm-hmm. that was for and broke a window. 
Oh, this window opens. Oh, I didn't need to break it at all. Oh, oh well. well. Send me a bill, whoever you, weird you government research facility. Yeah. Well, at least we're out. We're out, and it's uh, there's still some light out. It's not it's not totally dark yet. I bet we could we can orient back to the campsite from here. Yeah, I reckon so. While we're while we're on our way, I guess I could I could play you that uh, text adventure trailer right on my cassette player. Oh yeah, press play, press play on the cassette player. Mike. Gray, welcome to Z Wars. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Oh no, it's a zombie. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh. You're at the hospital entrance. You're outside the hospital where your sister was admitted nine weeks ago. You may enter to the north. The hospital grounds continue east. Okay, I've, I've already got to redo my map. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> Didn't last very long. <laughs> You read the poorly spelled email you received this morning from your sister. Halp, zombie, apocalypse, XOXO, Francis. Looks like you're right, Mike. It's zombie time. The only real piece of information that we need is what kind of zombies are we dealing with here? Are they like zombie zombies or are they 28 days later zombies? If they're zombie zombies, zombie zombies aren't that big of a problem. I'm hoping it's zombie zombies. You have a fire extinguisher. If we have to use this fire extinguisher to extinguish a fire, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> it turns out this is just a lesson in fire safety, this whole adventure. <laughs> I guess typical style, we check this floor, right? Like, let's not leave the floor. Hey, Mike, you and I, we're like, a, we're like a SWAT team here. We're going to cover our corners. We're going to take it floor by floor. With our fire extinguisher, just like a good SWAT team. The theater is filled with the shuffling bodies of zombified patients and staff members. There are too many zombies here to fight. Upon seeing you, they become agitated and start to close in. Get out. Close the door. Close the door. Don't dead. Open inside. Reference acknowledged. Zombies begin to enter the kitchen. We're fucking this round. We shouldn't have opened that door, huh? The zombies attack you and bite you and kill you and you die. The end. All right. Okay. You open the heavy door and find a chef. Say hello. She says, you didn't eat anything, did you? The chief of staff told me to add vitamin Z to the meatloaf. After that, everything just went to hell. No, no. I'm going to turn the dial, okay? No, but what I'm saying is do we need to do that right now. You have no sense of exploration, Mike. (laughs) You guys may not remember the past text adventures, but we've had this conversation before. (laughs) Set dial to high. The machine hums and the zombie thrashes around. But something goes wrong. The machine starts to smoke and the electrodes catch fire. The zombie's eyes burst from their sockets and the power goes out. Are we in darkness I can't see anything. It's dark. Uh, I guess this is where we use the bullet on ourselves and start over. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could just, you know, load your save. You managed to escape Z-Word with your life, but you'll never forgive yourself for the loss of your sister. The end. Boo! Okay. Okay. All right. Reload. (laughs) Save. Slot two. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the most judged we've been by Spelletron. (laughs) If you want this text adventure, it's available for all RelayFM members in the crossover feed. You can become a member today at getupgradeplus.com.
This is the world's most ambitious text adventure crossover event. Yes. <laughs> it's not that ambitious, but still. Oh, that was pretty good. Sounds good, right? That's the end of the tape, I guess. Can you flip it over? I, I, what's on the other side? Anything good on the other side? Oh, it is something great on the other side. Uh, oh, 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 I see what you did there. It's the song of the summer. It is. Summer of fun! Summer of fun! You hear that, bears? 